This is Garage Logic Podcast number 135, April 10th, 2019. It was 81 degrees in Garage Logic on this day in 1930 and 15 degrees on this day in 1997. Ice out on White Bear on this day, 1935, 1948, 1953, 1992 in Minnetonka, 1934, 1959, 1963, 1977, and like White Bear, 1992. We're brought to you by Ace Hardware Stores. They're all over the metro. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm excited. Why? Well, first let me get some news out of the way. Two people found dead in the estate of Irwin Jacobs. Former part-time, uh, former uh, part owner of the Vikings, many other business holdings, quite a name in the Twin Cities. Uh, the bodies have not been identified, but the police are uh, saying the uh, a gun was found on a bed. A man and woman are dead, and the public is not at risk. So, okay. uh, absent absent any identification, uh, I suppose uh, people will uh, go wild with speculation. But uh, that's just news that's breaking now. Irwin Jacobs. At his home, uh, two people were found dead, uh, apparently by gunshot. Okay, but no names have been released, so we should not speculate. Uh, names have been released to not very general news media gatherers. Okay. So uh, as much, as much grief as I give news gathering, I would prefer to have uh, an official identity presented in one of the major Twin Cities news gathering outlets before uh, people on a podcast for Garage Logic might be going with it, but I'm sure there'll be more on that story. Got it. Uh, scientists have revealed the first em- image ever taken of a black hole in space. It's a, uh, That intrigues me no end. Yep. What in God's name is a black hole? Uh, assembling data gathered by eight radio telescopes around the world, astronomers created the picture showing the violent neighborhood around a supermassive black hole, the light-sucking monsters of the universe, theorized by Einstein, Einstein more than a century ago and confirmed by observations for decades. It looks like a flaming orange, yellow, and black ring. We have seen what we thought was unseeable, we have seen and taken a picture of a black hole. Here it is, said Shepard Dolman of Harvard. Jessica Dempsey, a co-discoverer and deputy director of the East Asian Observatory in Hawaii, said that when she first saw the image taken two years ago, it reminded her of the powerful flaming eye of Sauron from the Lord of Rings trilogy. Unlike similar black holes that come from collapsed stars, supermassive black holes are mysterious in origin. Situated at the center of most galaxies, including ours, they are so dense that nothing, not even light, can escape their gravitational pull. This one's event horizon, the point of no return around it where light and matter begin to fall inexorably into the abyss, is as big as our own entire solar system. Let me stop right there. None of what you just said uh, do I understand. (laughs) Uh, Nor do I, but I am fascinated. 
What does that mean? What are yes. they? Where does the light go? Uh, I called uh, or I emailed, or no, I called and talked to a very friendly uh, person at the uh, uh, Department of Astronomy at the University of Minnesota and Professor Lawrence Rudnick, Rudnick Distinguished Teaching Professor, Minnesota Institute for Astrophysics, will join us in about a half hour on this show. Thank God, because... Um I'm with Kenny. What you said interests me beyond belief. I am terribly interested. But I don't know anything about it. So this abyss, guy can decipher it. As in the abyss. The true abyss. Where, what is it? Now we're going to have a guy to tell us. Wow. Somebody who knows what they're talking about. And I'm thrilled. I'm serious. Professor So you Lawrence, don't want our opinion. No. Got no it. Nor mine. I'm, we're, it's all <laughs> above our pay grade here. But I'm shut fascinated up. by it. And uh, so That's Professor stuff, Lawrence... Uh, Rudnick, Distinguished Teaching Professor, Minnesota Institute for Astrophysics, School of Physics and Astronomy, University of Minnesota, will be joining us in about 30 minutes. Wow. All right. I'll so, take some aspirin right now. That hurts my brain. <laughs> isn't that something? Yeah. Isn't that something? Where's I took my, astronomy uh, at the University of Minnesota during my brief stay there. Well, How'd that go? I'll tell you what. The I'm coolest sure thing we, we did uh, was Dr. Ivan Polikoff, he, I remember the professor, was we went up to the top to the... Uh, uh, telescope, yeah, and I've never seen such cool stuff. Okay, I, 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 like I said stuff. What do you mean, like roof vents and chimneys? And yeah, I think it was. It was a, a lady taking a shower a half a mile away in an apartment complex. You know, listen, no, no, ser- st- stop right there. Get that BS out of your head. We're going to have a serious talk about this. I want to know. You know what? GLers want to know. Yeah. They were kicking it around this morning at the Knack Hardware and Lounge where I went for eggs and bacon. Mm. And they said, what is a black hole? What is this? I, think, I have no ideas. I think GLers would be more interested in how you chastise us for 30 minutes before we start the program mm-hmm. to act serious and like adults during the interview. Yes, sir, I do. Yes, I, do. I don't understand how you could mistrust us. Right, well, look at me. Look into my eyes. What uh, if, whole uh, house was ruined. What if in 20-some <laughs> minutes or so, Joe, that we have Professor Lawrence Rudnick on, and his answer is, we're seeing some pretty cool stuff. This is neat. This stuff is really cool. Neato. Neato yeah. bandito. Just like Rook. What's a black hole? Something that you can't get out of. Yeah. Cool get it stuff. out of your system now, morons. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Our chef out in Montana, Scott Matura. Yep. Great point. Brief. Joe, I'm curious. If socialized medicine is so wonderful, why did Mick Jagger have his surgery in America and not the U.K.? And why do so many dignitaries around the globe come to the Mayo Clinic? Pushing back harder every day, Scott Matura. I'll add this. Rook, yak is essentially a furry cow. The meat is flavorful and much like grass-fed and finished beef. They are not overly tender as they are not very marbled. Much of the, like... Uh, goose or duck meat is actually lean, but their skin is fat and thick as opposed to a chicken. Yak is leaner and relies on its hair rather than its fat for warmth in the high mountains. Scott Matura, Scott Matura executive. To I don't you, care what he says. I'm still taking Grundhofer. To you, yeah. I say, yakety yak. Don't talk don't back. Talk back. Yeah, I'm talking about Grundhofer's old-fashioned meats in mm. Hugo right off Highway 61. How about a bacon cheddar brat, cranberry wild rice, yes. jalapeno and cheddar? There's a hundred and th- this isn't the stuff that sits in a plastic tub at the grocery store no. shipped in here by truck from some foreign entity. This was made <laughs> right here in Hugo at uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. And for Easter, double smoked hams, double smoked hams, chicken brats, chicken sticks, you name it, steaks, burger. Everything you want is at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. 
In, in, you can take your yak. You take your yak meat. I'm I bet going if you with, had a yak, he could process it for you. I'm going with Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, and that's GrunhoferSmeatMarket.com. This is the highest quality meat and customer service that can't be meat because everybody who works there is a professional meat cutter. Mm-hmm. They know how to prepare these brats. They know how to prepare a double-smoked ham. There's no other kind of ham to have for Easter, mm-hmm. by the way, than a double-smoked ham. So, uh you got a big uh, you got big springtime events coming up. You it's might want to get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on Highway 61 in Hugo. Mm. Yes. Um, before you push forward, you mentioned Mick Jagger, and since John isn't here, I wanted to bring up uh, one of the bands hired to replace the Stones on their canceled tour, Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. They also had to cancel because uh, what's her name now is sick. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks is sick. Okay. That's all I had. Well, they're all getting to be, you know, 90. And that was kind of what I thought. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to see this more. What's she sick with, Kenny? Is it something significant? Because uh, wasn't she just interviewed for something a couple of days ago? I, have, I saw. I have no idea. Of no consequence. Idea. Okay. Uh, don't, I, don't I've got some rulings requested. Uh, some mayoral rulings. Uh, Tim writes: I have a garage. Uh, I have no garage door in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, at my condo. Am I allowed to have a garage door opener every day? Of course, I don't have to worry about hitting seventy degrees either. And as far as ice out, I think it happened about twelve thousand years ago after the last ice age. If any of you boys ever make it down this way, look me up. I am enjoying the podcast, especially when it makes me laugh and not get angry. A lot of people up north have preconceived notions of the Deep South, which are mostly wrong, at least totally outdated. There is a respect for each other that I see. Minnesota nice pales in comparison to Southern hospitality. I haven't found liberal lakes down here, though. Even our artist community is conservative. I did have my neighbor ask if you were going to elect a Muslim governor in Minnesota. Because that's a total. Uh, because that's that. Because that it's total garage logic without the garage doors, though. By the way, the boat in the garage is an old '66 Starcraft that I hauled down from Minnesota and converted to a center console. Most of the fishing boats are center console down here. My other boat is a pontoon. I hope you get to have your garage door opener soon. Good luck up there on the tundra. Your longtime listener and ex-frequent caller, Bud. Uh, the ruling would be, of course, he has a garage door opener every day. He doesn't remember, have a garage door. I remember Bud. Mm-hmm. He called quite often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stevie Nicks' uh, illness is not being uh, publicized. But there's a good part of the season where isn't it just so hot that he has to have the door closed? doesn't have one. It's an open uh, carport. I saw the pictures. I'm building a shop up uh, north, turning one of uh, my barns into a shop, and it's going to have central air. Really? I'm, I'm What's have, happened to you? I'm going to have air conditioning what the hell's wrong with you? shop. How soft are you? I, I'm 10-ply soft, bro. That's terrible. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> keeps wanting me to put uh, air conditioning in my garage. And Do I absolutely, it. No, I refuse. Oh, Joe, it's so awesome. I live for summer. Okay? You do oh, like the heat. I don't mind heat. I'm not putting any air conditioning oh, in there. I'm also going to have a shower in it. <laughs> what? That's an apartment. That's not a shed. Well. <laughs> Are you going uh, redneck urinal to the upside down splash yeah, I, have a qu- I have a quick comment on this fellow noting uh, that he's finding more, uh, what's, I'll paraphrase what he's saying, he's, find more, he's finding more genuine behavior down in Mississippi than he did than, than yeah. he experienced with so-called Minnesota yeah. Nice. I think a show should be do, uh, devoted to Minnesota Nice someday because I too think it's a bunch of B as in B, S as in S. Because basically Minnesota is a liberal enclave, and and Euphorians are not nice. They don't like people, so they put on this nice front. Uh, but when the push comes to shove, mm. 
push comes to shove, he might be discovering more genuine hospitality down there than you would find with this so-called Minnesota Nice, which is absolutely made-up marketing BS. And never was it more evident than this past weekend with all of the people coming into town for the Final Four. In what sense? I saw it firsthand. Uh, service industry people, thank you so much for enjoying it. And the second they turn their back, what a blah, 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 I only got a dollar tip, blah, 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 blah. No, I just think I just think we're uh, uh, the closer we get to the tallest buildings of St. Paul and Minneapolis, the, the stark reality is uh, these are extraordinary progressive leftists, mm-hmm. and they're they're not terribly uh, they're not terribly fond of people. Yeah, backstabbing haters. By the way, did you? We go through this every time too. We're so insecure that both papers have been running stories about the final four. How did we do? Yeah. Do you guys like us? <laughs> did, did you like us? Yeah. Who gives a bleep if you like me or not? Well, if you have to ask. Yeah. Uh, did you like us? How much fun was it? Yeah. I did interact with a few out-of-towners on Monday when I went to the game, and ev- both everybody that I did talk to said they had really enjoyed their time well, You know here. what it was? It was great basketball. Well, and it, it was great weather. Great weather. If great they were getting what we're getting the next fun. couple of days, they might have a different opinion. It but the weather was fun perfect. Snow. Well, but, what they're really saying when they say, did you like us, they're saying... Did you get your picture taken by the Mary Tyler Moore statue? Yes, yes. Mm. Did you go to the Mall of America? Yeah. Did you rip the M off the gold medal uh, statue in <laughs> <of> downtown Minneapolis <laughs> to see that story? Tim Some... writes, Kenny was correct that Interstate 90 is the nation's longest highway, stretching 3,081 miles from Seattle to Boston, but he may not have known that the final mile of this highway was completed right here in Minnesota when westbound and eastbound paving crews met up just outside of Blue Earth, on September 17, 1978. Didn't know that. To mark this historic occasion, the connecting roadway slab was made of a special gold-tinted concrete, a golden stripe as a nod to the golden spike that joined the Transcontinental Railroad a century earlier. Two Minnesota National Guard trucks met nose-to-nose at the stripe in recognition of the interstate's original purpose as a national defense highway system. That formation recreated the image of two locomotives that were nose-to-nose on the railroad track in Promontory Summit, Utah, for the Golden Spike Ceremony in 1869. I've also been there, Joe. The Golden Stripe Ceremony in Blue Earth drew a huge crowd of over 2,500 people, including two of the nation's most important dignitaries, Miss America, and a huge statue of the Jolly Green Giant (laughs) (laughs) that had just been delivered from the factory and was held aloft by a crane for all to admire. The Golden Stripe survived the wear and tear of millions of vehicles for almost 30 years, but by 2006, this stretch of the interstate had deteriorated and had to be replaced. In recognition of the Stripe's importance, however, the gold tinted shoulders on the side of the highway were left in place. In addition, matching historical markers were erected at the uh, at two rest areas adjacent to the Golden Stripe on either side of I-90. I don't think I've been to that rest area. That I'm going to make it a point to stop there. No, that's really Isn't cool. That neat? Yeah. Really neat. You're a big fan so. of the yeah. rest stops? They'll be waiting for that's you at nifty. the rest stop, you bet. Yeah, you linger and make a party out of it. <laughs> another, ruling, another ruling required from uh, our friend Kerry. Yes. What is a good garage logician to do? I have a problem, and I need some mayoral advice. We recently moved from St. Paul to a suburb just south of St. Paul. We love our new neighborhood, but we somehow managed to pick a house next to an overly enthusiastic couple who love to chit-chat, and to make matters worse, they always seem to be outside. For example, the other afternoon, I opened our garage door to take our 10-month-old on a stroller walk. 
And while I was fumbling with the straps, I heard footsteps, and I looked up, and it was a neighbor lady walking right into my garage. Now, okay, normally I wouldn't make a big deal about this, but I don't really know this woman, and I certainly didn't invite her in, and more than anything, I was getting ready to leave. I don't want to spend 15 minutes pretending to care about what she says. I'm a nice person. We can verify that. We know Carrie. I'm a nice person, and I want to be polite, but is it normal to walk into someone's garage without permission? What is the proper garage etiquette when it comes to a neighbor's open garage door? Would I be in the right to tell this woman to get off my lawn, so to speak? Thank you, and good luck, Carrie. Can I go first? Yes. I want to go first. This has happened to me many times. Me too, and I've got a neighbor in particular I'm thinking about, and he's a bit of a dandy and always swilling white wine, and uh, he likes to come over and get comfortable, and every time he does, he settles in. I get out the loudest, noisiest grinder, welder, whatever I have that makes screeching, awful, horrible noise. I put on my ear protection, and I start making sparks. (laughs) He's gone in seconds. (laughs) Well, you have to be careful, though, because this is a person that lives next door to you and will be for the foreseeable future. I love her attitude. Do I have I met her? You guys know her? Yeah, it's our girl Carrie. Yeah. Oh, Carrie. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> but but here's the other thing. Cuz my next door neighbor, my guy Dave, mm-hmm. we're in each other's garage all the time and he's awesome. It, I don't care at all when he comes it over. It all depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah. You suit? Well, I'm I'm, a, I'm about it's happened to me uh, to the point where you know, physicality almost might develop because I don't know who the hell these people are. And they're walking in, looking at my stuff and pretending to know me. And I'm, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm just going to go in now. I I got to see a guy about a horse. Okay. You want to take off? If I show up, he just says, no, Rook, not today. And I you know what? Going. I'm going to come by. I'm going to bring by a piece of railroad track and a grinder. And yeah. you will just put it on your bench. Yeah. And every time somebody comes over, you just start making sparks. <laughs> I think. I think the ruling, though, I think the ruling, uh, this sounds like it's uh, Carrie's immediate neighbor, Mm -hmm. and they presumably might have a future together, and I think Carrie's got to play this one carefully. I think she, I'm with you, know, you. Yep. You know, me garage, uh, su garage. Right. You know, that's generally the rule: is your garage door is open, you're pretty much fair game. Right. You're pretty that's much fair game. I agree. Even yeah. if it's strangers, and that's not come to physicality. I was kidding, but <laughs> even if it's strangers, you got to kind of finesse it and say how you doing. And, you know, Re- reread the line. I what did she say? I have to pretend like I care. I was what? getting ready to leave. I don't want to spend 15 minutes pretending to care about what she says. <laughs> 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 That's a home run line right there, baby. I you know what she that. needs? Uh, One of the greatest inventions ever: the uh, the mesh screen garage door. Oh yeah, phantom. Screens. That way you can still enjoy the elements. <laughs> Get phantom screens. Well, also, who is it? Because they used to advertise phantom, with us, yeah, right? Phantom screens. No, it's like that scene in Spinal Tap where the driver's talking too much and the band in the back just puts the screen <laughs> up mid sentence. That's what you have to do with your garage door. Well, I, I think she's got a. She'll handle it. She'll. She understands that. Well, she's got class. She yeah, wants a ruling here. Well, I. Uh, what was her exact question? Do I? Am I allowed to say? Am I allowed to say get out of my garage or get off my lawn? I gotta go. That's all I. No, she I, wants to know what is the proper etiquette when it comes to a neighbor's open garage door. I'm afraid that an open garage door is tantamount yep, to an invitation. It is saying you might find a cold beer yeah, inside yeah, here, yeah. so take a chance. And the, and the other part is. That she's new, right? She just said she had just yeah. moved. So yeah. you're kind of 
playing each other out here, feeling each other out. Their boundaries need to be set. So she needs to be really careful about this. She needs to stand deep in the garage and then just hit the button as she's walking up. <laughs> or does she have a, a shotgun? No! I don't think it's coming to that. You don't have to load it. You don't have to point it. But it's just leaning somewhere prominent <laughs> in the garage. And as they walk in, you just grab it from one place and put it in another you place. You know what the rule on garage beer is? Remind me. You, if you're a guest in the garage, you're more than welcome to go to the fridge without permission. But the rule is you may not complain about what kind of beer it is. That's right. Of uh-huh. course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can, can you be a guest in your own garage? Well, in no. your case, no. No. Really. kind of. You can, you can go get a beer out of, 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 a, of a guy's garage. That's, that's an unwritten rule. But you may not complain about what kind it is. What do you got, Fox Deluxe here? What's yeah, that's, going on? That, yeah, no, then you're out. Did you get fired again? Then you get to ki- get kicked out. Hey, throw out. me another can of Red Dog. <laughs> no, you're done. You go away. <laughs> My neighbor has mastered that. He keeps his main supply for him. He calls it bunny urine, and uh, he drinks a lot of it. But for his his guests and his neighbors... He's got really, really good beer. I am exactly the opposite. So when you when he when I get a text, come over for a beer, I'm I'm huffing it over there yeah, because I know I'm about to have a five dollar bottle the of beer. My stash is mine, and then for you, you can have you hey, know, whatever. Hey, you under the Bud Light, what do you he, need? He's hey, a uh, perfect. He's more about draft? quantity than he is quality. Oh, I'm more about quality. You have the secret drawer in your garage fridge. Yeah, where's you? the hop slam? I haven't seen that. Uh, you know what? It's too much of a good thing. I'm I'm off it. I don't get it anymore. I'm with Joe because they're, they're too, never find it's, it. It's just too much. It's too sweet. Too rich. Too whatever. But see, you're not into hazy, which you're you're completely you're insane for like not liking hazy, hazy I don't beer. Do hazy. It's really really good. Will you get me a, a tranquil picture up there instead of me looking at this black hole? Lake yeah. tranquil. We've got Professor Lawrence Rudnick going to be joining us in about oh, ten minutes, and we're going to learn what in God's name is a black hole. Garage Logic would like to give a tip of the cap to a Minnesota company that is celebrating their 100-year anniversary. Hail to Jefferson Lines. That's right. In 1919, Jefferson Lines started providing Minnesota communities bus transportation, earning a reputation of quality, service, and innovation at affordable prices. That same reputation continues today, like being one of the first companies to offer free Wi-Fi on every single bus. You can kick back and still listen to GL on your trip. Head to jeffersonlines.com to book your trip today. Wherever you're headed in Minnesota or throughout the Midwest, good luck. Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for 100 years. And here's to 100 more. Reality with a bite. The Joe Shushere Show. Easy for me to say. I had a very strange dream last night, and it finally occurred to me what uh, what what its origin was. I'm a big believer that when you have a weird dream, something you can tie it to something. Yes. During the previous 24 hours, and I dreamed I was catching in a baseball game, and what? and I lost my catcher's mask between innings, <laughs> and I had wandering around in a mall. Mm-hmm. Trying to find a new catcher's mask, <laughs> and the only one I could find was seven dollars and ninety five cents. Okay, and I said, "Do you have any expensive ones?" <laughs> they said, "No, just this one." It was had the big paper nose on it, like a gr- <laughs> like a Groucho Marx yes. thing, yes. you know, and and kind of that uh, 
that what was that movie where they wore the mask? The horror Silence movie? of the Lambs. No, the, well, can't had the kind oh, of the plastic things with, with holes in it. Yeah. but it had the had the paper nose. And uh, no, you're really, thinking of Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth, well, and it really didn't do me any good. Yeah. And that's the end of the story. Except I think I know what compelled it. And that was the home plate umpire in last night Twins Mets game yeah. caught one right in a swimsuit. Oh, he area. did. Yeah. Damn near buckled him over. Yeah, and it, and it glanced off the catch the mm-hmm. uh, the the catcher's mask before it hit the guy in the in the mm-hmm. you know who. I think I know the interpretation of this dream. I don't think you do. I think I do. I think it, what it means your lack of mask means that you're insecure about your future professionally and you feel like you're exposing yourself too much on the air wow. you're revealing too much and you're worried that wow. that listeners and people around you are going to get to to know the real you and you're really really scared of that I, happening because the real you is um well yeah you know who you are <laughs> it's just that <laughs> We're now figuring it out, and you're upset about it. God, that. Kenny's right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm thinking on. it was because the guy got hit in the in the boys right and there behind home nothing plate. Nothing you can do in the future, no matter how little or much money you spend, will result in protecting the real you, the real Joe, the ID, Holy crap, the ego. Dr. Kenny. Representative Betty McCollum <laughs> has won the ninth annual Minnesota Congressional Hot Dish. Competition. Ah, how about that? All right, Betty. Yeah, Betty's finally been heard from. <laughs> On Tuesday, Senator Tina Smith hosted the ninth annual Minnesota Congressional Hot Dish Competition. Minnesotans know that hot dish has the ability to bring people together. And when you have the chance to do that in Washington without getting politics involved, it's testament to why its tradition continues. Oh, B as in B. S Rook, as in how S. in God's name are you not involved in that? You would be all ten members judge. of Minnesota's congressional delegation competed, including five new, newcomers: Republicans Jim Hagedorn and Pete Stauber, Democrats Ilhan Ilhan Omer had one, huh? Angie oh, Craig and Dean Phillips. Uh, and when all was said and done, the winner was Betty McCollum, who scored big with the judges for her hot dish among friends. A dash H M O N G. What is it? What's the hot dish? She made a mung dish. Well, she has one of the largest Hmong communities in the U.S. Yeah, uh, in the 4th District. I'm so excited that my hot dish Hmong friends recipe, uh, boy, reporting is it what it used to be. It. you got to tell it? us what it is. Fraud. I think I'm saying fraud. If it's not tater tot hot dish, um, why are we even talking about this? Omar's was little moga hot dishu. Little, little moga hot moga. dishu. Get it? Moga dishu? Yeah, moga dishu. Mm-hmm. Huh. Emmer's like was that. from cheese to shining cheese. Hagedorn was making bait, bacon great again. Uh, what about Dean Phillips? Remember when you couldn't uh, blink without seeing Dean Phillips, and now once he got in, I've never heard of him once. I'm not sure he knows which where the sun rises. <laughs> I, you know, I just I'm not sure there's a lot going on there. I got you. Yeah. Maybe there is. Maybe. Well, there but I'm, I just you couldn't. You, he he couldn't hide, and now you can't see him. While we were mentioning food and R- Rookie came up, um, I think this is a perfect time to lay this one on before we talk to the professor here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, before the show started today, uh, I got a phone call from Patrick Roycey, and he uh, had to. So I called him back. Joe and I were doing something, yeah. and he wanted me to inform you, Rookie, yes. uh, of something that took place today because they had the uh, the media unveiling for the brand new Allianz Field, so they could look around and and do this. He goes. Tell Ruck I left ten minutes before the 
media tasting event. So I hope he's not offended that A, he wasn't invited, and B, I decided not to go. How were you not invited to that? I had I received absolutely this was from the United Hockey or a football club, Minnesota United. FC, yes. They're gonna display their own weird this, menu of stuff. And this is can when can you we know start you swearing? Are, you, when can we start been, swearing? This is You've been really shut out, haven't you? Yeah, let's uh, I, uh, let's get this GL podcast. Let's let people know we're here. I mean, uh, nobody knows. I'll that. tell you what. R.F. Moeller knows it's happening. Well, they do. They're R- a great advertiser. R.F. Jeweler, founded 68 oh years God. ago by Bob Moeller on the foundation of service. <laughs> and in 68 years, they've not only acknowledged it, they've embraced it. Six goldsmiths with a combined 200 years of jewelry repair experience. Let me stop right there. They take care of you from start to finish at Moeller. And what you're dealing with here is heirlooms. And they, you might as well take care of it because it's going to remain in your family. And they specialize in repairing and restoring your heirlooms. Every piece taken in for repairs, inspected four times. You're, and here's the best part: the stuff, your stuff, your stuff, your pressure, your pressure, yep. pressure, precious, precious, precious stuff. Yep. Never leaves the store. They have two Rolex train watchmakers with 40 years of combined experience, a full-time appraiser. And if you mention you heard this on the GL podcast, they'll replace your watch battery at no charge. These are great people. It's a family business. Three great stores, RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France and Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, where Bob started it 68 years ago, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at RF Moeller. Dot com. You see this wedding ring here? Yes. That was given to me by my father-in-law. I, I don't know. If that's very strange. It, it, it is. Well, no, it was, it was his, and he wanted to. He wanted to pass it down. Sure. Family heirloom. Sure. It at RF Moeller has been sized larger. Yep. And made smaller, and they filled it in. So okay. it's been there probably about three or four times yep. when I get fat. When you know I get why? skinny. They got the tools. Yes. They got the work. I'm bench. pleased with every time I brought it in. We are about to be joined by Lawrence Rudnick, Distinguished Teaching Professor, Minnesota Institute for Astrophysics, School of Physics and Astronomy at the University of Minnesota. Good luck to Larry dealing with us, because our question is, what in God's name is a black hole? The best lawn you've ever had is a simple click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. That tired, patchy, disease-riddled disaster of a lawn you've been fighting for years, it'll be transformed into a thick, luscious carpet of green. ProfessionalTurf.com, they've been at it since the earliest of the 80s, and they're going to come out to your place, give you a free lawn care estimate, and then set you up with a three- to five-step program that will have you with the best lawn in the block from now until late fall. ProfessionalTurf.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Souchere. And this segment of Garage Logic, sponsored by ProfessionalTurf.com. Joining us is Professor Professor Lawrence Rudnick, Distinguished Teaching Professor, Minnesota Institute for Astrophysics, School of Physics and Astronomy. Good afternoon, sir. Wow, that sounds so impressive. Well, it's what's written here. I'm not... <laughs> What can I say? Oh, it must be right then. But I can call you Larry during the interview. Please do. Larry, what in God's name is a black hole? Oh, my God. Well, we, we've we been waiting for like a century to, to see this. Um, Einstein taught us in the beginning, in the early 1900s, that gravity could get so strong if you had enough mass 
that uh, it would capture the light that was trying to get out of things. So just like you want to launch something off the Earth, we have to shoot rockets up. You need to move them up about, oh, seven miles per second. If you try to do it short, uh, with less velocity than that, it's going to fall back down. Okay. What Einstein said is if you get something massive enough, you can't even get light to escape from it, and that's what we call a black hole. So that's what it is. It's a ma very massive object that's so strong that light can't escape from it, so it's just black. Why is this recent discovery, the release of this photograph, why is this so compelling in your, uh, in your profession? Right. Well, we've never seen the direct picture of them before. So what happens is we have lots of evidence for black holes because as material falls into them, it gets heated up, and we see x-rays from them and stuff like that. But we've never been able to get fine enough detail to get down to see the hole itself. And now we've seen the hole itself. You can't see it, of course, but you see a ring of light around it and the outline of the black hole. It's like seeing a silhouette of somebody that's backlit and stuff. So we've just never seen it before, and we've been waiting. How far away is it? Oh, my God. This one um, is, I think, about 55 million light years away. <laughs> In other words, there's no danger of a spaceship <laughs> flying across the top of it and suddenly getting sucked into not, it. Not a chance. No, there's lots of things that should keep you up at night, but that's not one of them. Well, what, when the material is absorbed by the black hole, what happens to it? Where does it go? Oh, my. Well, we, um, there's, there's this idea that we have, this term that we use for things that cross that magic surface where nothing can get out of, and we call that the event horizon. Right. But it's just like a horizon you can't see beyond, and that's why the name of the telescope is the Event Horizon Telescope. The, the answer is you can't ask that question. I mean, that's such a curious thing. You can't ask that question because there's no way we can answer it because nothing can ever come out. So you can sort of ask, you sort of ask it, but we, scientists just going to shrug their shoulders because we, we can't tell you what's inside because we've lost all contact with it, except that we can still feel its gravity. So the mass that's in there is still exerting a gravitational force, but the details of what it is and now... That's that's all lost. Well, you're sure as hell never going to find a volunteer to go in and find out. <laughs> no. And if you were to try to get close, uh, you wouldn't make it. You'd get stretched. you just get pulled in, right? You will. First, you get ripped apart into shreds, and then you get pulled in. So, no, not pleasant. Good Lord. <laughs> what, what kind of telescopic power was required to finally so, reveal this? So this was amazing. I mean, in order to um, be able to see this level of detail... And let me tell you how much, how the, you know, give you an analogy for the level of detail that we're looking at. The size of the picture that they made is the similar size to the head of a pin looked at from Minneapolis um, if the pin were in London Good or Lord. someplace in Europe. That's how tiny the area is. So it needed a very, very special telescope in order to be able to make that kind of detailed picture. So what we do is we build bigger and bigger telescopes, which give us more and more detail. And what we needed for this particular observation was a, a telescope as big as the Earth itself. And the, and the obvious thing is you can't build a telescope that big. So what we do is we take little pieces of telescopes and sprinkle them around the world and combine all the signals as if it were one big telescope. And that's what we did. Will you ever personally have a chance to see this through the telescope? 
Uh, nobody sees it through the telescope. Oh, I'm sharing. Okay. No, no, that's fine. So th- this is the funny part. The these are eight eight different telescopes. These are radio telescopes. They're spread across the world. They record their signals. It's radio signals that come in. They record the signals. They put them on computer disks. They stick the computer disks in the mail, and they send them to two places, one in Germany, and I'm blanking on on where the other one is now. At any rate, they send them these places. They bring the data together off of these disks. They run them through some kind of analysis to put the signals together. So nobody ever looked at anything. It was all processed by computer. Are there is this going to lead, Professor, to um, new findings of black holes maybe out in the West or out in the north? Are, are there others that they will constantly keep searching for? We, we have got so we this one is a really particular what we call a supermassive black hole, and that is that it is um, it's got as much mass as six and a half I'm sorry. Uh, no, yeah, six and a half billion suns. So if you take our sun, take six and a half billion of them and put them together, that's the mass of this thing. We know where these big masses, these supermassive black holes are because we see other emission around them. We haven't gotten pictures of them yet. The first one we're going to look at, the next one we're going to look at, we know where it is. It's in the center of our own Milky Way galaxy. It's not quite as massive as this. In fact, I I wasn't part of this team. And when they were saying, oh, there's going to be press conferences today and everybody's on edge about what's coming out, I thought that they were going to release a picture of the center of our Milky Way. So that's probably the next one. And there'll be a handful of others, but not many. This is such a hard observation that we're really only going to do a few that are very close to us. What is an example of the kind of material that would disappear down a black hole? Well, it's basically anything that gets anywhere near it. But what happens is that when you get that close to the black hole, it doesn't matter what you started with. You get heated up to such high temperatures that everything gets vaporized. Everything gets stripped. The electrons get stripped off of atoms. So everything just turns into an extremely hot gas that we would call plasma. It has no, um, it, it doesn't have, any, it doesn't have any material characteristics anymore. It just get, gets, you know, so hot and, uh, that it just turns into this hot gas. So there's nothing in a black hole. <laughs> You're not allowed to ask. No, there's certainly there's certainly stuff in there because we can feel its gravity. But you can't ask me what it is because once it falls in, I have no idea what it was. Good Lord. Okay, I finally figured out what I want to ask. <laughs> and, oh, this uh, ought to be good. This will be really... <laughs> okay, I'm sitting down. This is a really dumb question. Will you ever be able to see things evaporate or dissolve or disappear as they near a black hole? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think... Oh, come on. No. Really, really, that was the wrong person, the wrong compliment there. No. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Larry. Yeah. No. no, we, this is, uh, we even have a name for these things. Um, so you have just described what we call a tidal disruption event, where you get some cloud of gas that gets too close to the black hole. It gets ripped to shreds by what we call tidal forces, and and then the stuff falls in. And we have had some indications that we see material near the one in the center of our galaxy that might be undergoing this now. I, I think it would be great to actually watch this happen. We're not there yet, but absolutely it would be a great thing to try to see. 
might have entire universes or galaxies throughout the eons of time disappeared into a black hole? Mm, not likely. Um, I, I hate to say the things are impossible because you never know somebody comes up with a clever idea that, that you haven't thought of. Um, right now, it, it doesn't it doesn't appear that that happened based on the things that we know now. I don't think that it means it couldn't happen, but we don't have any evidence that it has. Are black holes continually developing, or are they uh, an unknown amount of time old? No, no, they are definitely continuing developing, and so there's two different kinds of black holes. Um, one kind is what happens to a star at the end of its life. Mm-hmm. So some stars, massive stars, will explode, they'll go supernova, and then they'll leave a black hole behind. And that's one kind of black hole. And then there's another kind of black hole, which is the one that was just the picture was taken of, um, that, you know, billions times the mass of the sun. And they are continuing to grow with time because since nothing comes out, they just keep growing. So whatever material, stars or gas or whatever gets near them and gets pulled in, that's it. The thing's just going to keep growing. So that's one of the. That's a hot research topic. We we study kind of the growth of black holes, and um, and we look at how did the mass grow over the billions of years the universe has been around. Professor, do you think that there's any possible way that either political party will be able to use this to either support <laughs> or refute climate change theories? And I'm being deadly serious when I say that. Uh, you know, if you gave me about five minutes, I could probably come up with an argument on both sides. <laughs> uh, these are uh, farther away, obviously, than any planet in our solar system, yes. right? Yes. And and do we know what's beyond them? Yes. Yeah, we have, um, you know, the, the ones that we're looking at are really the closest by ones, um, because those are the only ones where we were able to get enough detail to see the black hole itself. We see a lot further than that uh, out in the universe. So this one I said was about 55 million light years away. We see out uh, hundreds, you know, um, hundreds of millions and billions, several billions of light years away. So, yes, we see way beyond those. We see other galaxies. We see all kinds of exotic objects. Assuming, assuming human beings are here a thousand years from now, what do, you think, uh, what do you think technology will enable them to do? Oh, my. I wish I knew that. So mm-hmm. sometimes one exercise that I've given my class is if you could come back one day in the future, so the day before you die, you get to choose you can come back for one more day just to see what it's like, you know, how far in the future would you go? Mm-hmm. And a thousand years is a great question, but I cannot picture the technology that we've been doing now. When I, um, when I look at the kinds of clever things that people have done in the last 20 or 30 years, there's a lot of them where I kind of looked and said, no, that's not possible. We'll never be able to do it. And I would include in that the fact that we've now discovered thousands of planets around other stars. I just didn't think that was a doable, you know, project. I don't, I'm not sure what I would have predicted on this black hole picture. I would have said, boy, that's really tough. I'm not sure whether we'll ever be able to do it. So I, I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I don't have a good betting, you know, betting record on uh, predicting what we're going to be able to do in the future. So, but I'd love to come back for just a day in a thousand years and see what that's like. But what we discovered today has all transpired just since Einstein developed his theory, right? Well, we today confirmed in some way, uh, we already b- sort of believed that Einstein was right, although it's still incomplete. There's, there's things about Einstein's theory that aren't the, the full truth. 
Um, but a major piece of what he predicted, we've been able to confirm today. Yep. Well, it's a great day for you and your profession. I got to think that uh, this is the kind of thing you sit around the water cooler and talk to your colleagues about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, this is just this is just fun stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Who, who was your uh, inspiration? Uh, what led you to this field? Oh, that's that's interesting. So I kind of I I can tell you t- two things. One is <clears throat> when I was in sixth grade, um, my grandfather, who lived across the alley from me used to get lead that was used from telephone companies, and we would stand out in the alley between our houses, and he had this little furnace where, uh, like a a gas furnace, and we would melt the lead and then pour it into molds to make fishing sinkers. And somehow at that time I said, that's what science is, and I want to go into science. (laughs) So... And I still have some of those sinkers. I mean, it's just there. You know, it's just a fantastic memory of of that was my picture. Well, here's how small the world is. I grew up across the street from a family whose business was making sinkers. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, out at White Bear Lake. That's a true story. Wow. Okay. Does Does Ivan Polikoff ever come by? Oh wow! I haven't seen him in probably twenty years. He was my t- astronomy teacher at uh, when I was at the U before I failed. Yeah, out. no, great, great I knew guy. Ivan, you know, from years ago and stuff. But um, I, I is he still alive? That I don't know. I oh. was hoping you'd be able to tell me, but <laughs> no. that's okay. And before, sorry, you... sorry, don't know. And if there's any relatives of his listening, I apologize for being insensitive. And professor, to 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 give the lasting impact that that uh, professor had on rookie, we learned earlier today that he le- saw cool stuff. Yeah, neat so stuff we have at that the, uh, that he learned at the U of on M. top of the building there when they opened up the old telescope. Oh, that's great! Yeah, Professor, I can't thank you enough. It was a pleasure, it's and a, uh, love yeah. to talk to you again sometime. That would be delightful. Thank, thank you, you, sir. Right. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is Professor wow. Man, Lawrence that was cool. Rudnick, a uh, very distinguished professor in the school of astrophysics right yep. and physics and astronomy. Man, that was cool. He's he's almost. That's off-site correspondence territory. He's going to have to have a title on the show. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I still don't get it, but I know I get it a little better. I have to say I did ask a brilliant question. <laughs> yeah, was, yes, you did. And Pretty you, smart. You know what? You were smart enough to stop at one. You, you were out there. You were, you were done. He was in, and he was out. Right. I almost passed out thinking that one up. Where, <laughs> where do it go? Where? Yeah. Well, and what Where is do it go? Is it just a bunch of rocks and gas? There's and nothing they, you else. You know out what there? the answer was? They don't know because it melts it. It's just he can't, it's it, melted he can't, into he can't what? Even, he can't even risk the you know guessing what in the, where in the hell it goes. We His don't know. passion for the job and and for yeah. it though was really addicting. Yep. It's just that I have no idea what he's saying, but it's really fun hearing that passion and that drive. He loves yeah. what he does. I think this uh, uh, corroborates or reinforces my idea that when you go, get to the failed academy. You're going to be okay if you have a serious, specific discipline. And would, someone like this you teaching you. to follow. Yes. Because uh, I think he would suffer fools uh, somewhat less than graciously well, his when level, it comes to his, the BS and the failed academy. He's on a whole different plane right. than the rest of us. Right. Well, maybe you, but I, I got every word he said. And, <laughs> and the same would hold true for the dinosaur guy we had on last yep. week. Yep. He was also brilliant yep. and thinking way above the rest of us. Well, thank you very much to uh, Professor Lawrence Rudnick. We'll be back. 
Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no cost, no obligation, 48 minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. You learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Just think about this. When you uh, when you look at the sky tonight, we now have a picture of a black hole, fifty-five million light years away. That was going to be my first question, actually. What the hell is a light year? The amount of time uh, it takes for light to reach Earth. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The sun's rays are look it up. The sun's rays started a long time ago. What is yeah, Hang I'm on, not going to yeah, I don't I, if the professor had said it, I would have believed it. Uh, Give me a little A yes. light year is a unit of length used informally to express astronomical distances. It is approximately nine trillion kilometers or about six trillion miles. So As the defined. light you see has traveled six trillion miles. So the light you see from a star okay. started traveling in, here, uh, you know, like last March. In one light year. A light year is the distance that light travels in vacuum in one Julian year, 365 days. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I'll buy well, it. The old, say, mare, the old mare was uh, no. right on top of it. I've got to change the oil in my truck. Uh, we don't know <laughs> that. <laughs> we have now power washed chocolate candy. What happened? Well, oh, no. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, we have. No. A UK grocery chain removed chocolate duck shaped Easter candy from shelves because it was deemed racist. <laughs> uh, we don't know. Keeping that. in mind the word racist doesn't mean anything anymore. Called Trio of Easter Ducklings, it included baby ducks in three varieties. One was made with milk chocolate called Crispy on the packaging. Another was crafted from white chocolate and named Fluffy. And a third was dark chocolate speckled with pink coloring that was dubbed Ugly. A woman who goes by Livia Alaberti on Twitter, of course it's Twitter that's going to ruin the world, posted a photo of the ducklings on March 7, writing, Ugly is the dark one on the right. Overheard a woman saying, that is not right. I agree, that doesn't look good at all. Thousands of other options, why use ugly? Some of those commenting on the post were quick to point out that the ugly label was likely a reference to the 1843 fairy tale, The Ugly Duckling. Mm about a baby bird who's teased because he doesn't look like all the other baby ducks. When he grows up, he realizes he's not a duck after all, but a beautiful swan, and that's why he looked different from the rest. But Wait Rosen Partners, the chain of British supermarkets that sold the candy, pulled it from the shelves. Wow. We are very sorry for any upset caused by the name of this product. It was absolutely not our intention to cause any offense. 
A statement for the company said, we removed the product from sale several weeks ago while we changed the labeling and our ducklings are now back on sale. Isn't it a truism throughout a fairy literature, uh, fairy tale literature? You had, you know, Rudolph was the ugly... Yep, the, misfit. The misfit reindeer and uh, Dumbo. Dumbo was the misfit elephant and uh, the ugly duckling was the yep. misfit duckling. It's power wash because no rational human being would have thought that the duck was uh, named ugly because it was black. Never. My have... contention would be no one would, no reasonable human, uh, rational garage logician would have looked at the package in the store and said, oh, they called that one ugly because it's black. No, it's the ugly duckling throughout fairy tale history. Right. right. And be, as a result of the failed academy and the likes, that person who has issues was looking for a reason to do something. And once again, we have an example of a company that didn't push back. Why don't you push back and say, mm-hmm. listen, you dumb Twitter fool? Are you out of your mind? Are you mind? aware of the stories throughout history in which the uh, the uh, animals and creatures that don't look like the other animals and creatures, they end up having their triumph in the end? It's a it's a story of human nature. Because the or in longer, this case, duck nature. The longer that places like this continue to cave to that one person... This is going to keep I happening. I wouldn't even give it an explanation like that, Joe. I'd just tell her to shut up. Well, that's right. But don't they shop don't at our store. They by, don't push back. Go by to hell. Pulling the sh- by pulling it off the shelves, you're giving that person credibility. Power washers are darkening life. They are just bringing a darkness to life. They really that, are. That it's wasn't depressing. There before. Power washers are ruining innocence. Uh, there's just not a chance in hell anybody I personally know who would have looked at the duck and said, well, obviously they called that duck ugly because it's black. No, it's the ugly duckling because it doesn't look like the other ducks, and it's going to grow up to be a beautiful swan. How far away are we from choosing a side's white chocolate versus black chocolate? <gasps> Don't even dark say chocolate, that. Excuse uh, me. I would have that experiment every day. You mean to taste test? We're power washing a bleeping candy. If you want to go after wow. something, go after those gross yellow Easter bunny things filled with the white. Yeah, uh, let's take those off the shelves. Those are disgusting. Right. I, peeps? You're talking yeah. about the Cadbury? Oh, okay. oh, oh peeps. Yeah. See, let's just, just take them off oh. the shelves. They're, uh, they're all racist. Let's I go. can only eat like 20, 30 of those things before oh. I'm sick. <laughs> Seriously, they're so bad. I don't like those at all. <laughs> gross. Kenny, what's the motorcycling look like for this weekend? Bleak. Does it? Bleak. You're going to have to be bold maybe on Sunday, but I I'm having my doubts. Now, if you've got a dirt bike, a side-by-side, or an ATV... Well, DennisKirk.com would take care of you. Yeah. But here's the deal, uh, motorcyclists. Use the next three or four days to uh, get into that DennisKirk.com website. More than 160,000 products in stock for you and your bike. Get it ready for the true spring. doesn't matter whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, or a sport bike. Dennis Kirk has it. And if you're in a hurry, you place an order by 8 o'clock today, and you'll get it tomorrow. Now, that's hard to believe, but that's the way DennisKirk.com does uh, does business. And they do that business, by the way, right here in Minnesota. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com, order today and get it tomorrow. How long would it take you to get the uh, Ilhan Omer update theme for us? Uh, It's probably a matter of moments. I got it right here. I got it right here. A matter of moments. Yep. 
Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. <laughs> I love this. I bed. never tire of it. Nice job, Tony. Yeah, but you know what? She ain't funny. It's not that funny anymore, is it? She's not funny. <sighs> what? Are we talking about the clip that we were discussing earlier today? Johan Omer? Yeah. Yeah, let me set it up. Okay. Is this the one Kenny sent you? I don't have it, but this I'll have it This is different than the John Kerry one that's coming up. We got a great John Kerry clip coming up. Okay. Uh, Minnesota Democrat Ilhan Omar is facing backlash after her speech at a Muslim right Muslim rights groups event in which she described the September 11, 2001 terror attacks as some people did something. Omar spoke at a Council on American Islamic Relations CARE fundraiser last month where she called upon other Muslim Americans to make people uncomfortable with their activism and presence in the society and criticize the Jewish state. But another part of the speech surfaced on social media earlier this week in which Omar described the terror attacks perpetrated by al-Qaeda. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties, Omaha said at the event. The comments from the Minnesota freshman still reeling from a number of anti-Semitic controversies prompted Texas Representative Dan Crenshaw to slam Omar for her description of the terror attacks. First member of Congress to ever describe terrorists who killed thousands of Americans on 9-11 as, quote, some people who did something, Crenshaw wrote in a tweet. Unbelievable. Others have also jumped on to criticize Omar's language, urging Democrats to condemn her remarks about the largest terror attack or U.S. on U.S. soil that left nearly 3,000 people dead. Uh, you want to hear her say this for yourself? I do. All right. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Bleep you. Think of what she just said. She dismissed 9-11 as some people did something and immediately using it to frame her Muslim brothers and sisters as victims. Since 9-11, lady... You've been taken in and nurtured by the United States of America and have been elected a congresswoman. How did you lose any liberties? Mm-hmm. This is my district. I can't believe my I can't believe this. My neighbors voted for this. Did they vote for what she wears? Did they vote for her race, her skin color, whatever? Or did they base their vote on her qualifications, which appear to be They're non-existent. Non-existent. We compare her and AOC together often because of how they don't align themselves with the thinking of most garage logicians. But AOC, I'm convinced, is just flat out stupid. This woman isn't stupid. This, this, no, this, you know what she is? She's dangerous. She's very Chris, dangerous. Well, of Be- course she doesn't align herself with GLers, but I'm asking, does she really truly align herself with the Democratic Party and the people yeah. that voted for her? Really? Did you really vote for that? Okay, let's take it a step further, Kenny. Does she align herself with the United States of America? Right there. I don't yep. think she does. Right there. I don't think there's too many examples. I don't of think things she like likes this. me. No, I don't think she likes any of us. Well, not of us like you. Well, that's true. Right. She's no, trying I, to close. But you're saying she doesn't like I, I'm the using U.S. Me, citizen. I'm using yeah. me as the. Uh, she the, has the, an agenda the, that's not American. Yep. Play that again. Give me one. 
You're using me as the proverbial I think this collective. is her second entry into the groin kick. I want this groin kick, please. Care was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. No, you weren't. You oh lied. That deserves this. Let's not be accused of violence here. Let's just keep it to the groin. What's the date today? 10, uh, 4, 10. 4, 10, 19. 10, 19. 10, good buddy. Yep. 4, 10, good buddy. the groin easy at the end of the year. This might be her second uh, nomination. Oh, where's the... Uh, Minneapolis, uh, I'm sorry, Minnesota's congressional representative, Ilhan Omar, has dismissed 9-11 as we needed to found care because some people did something and we could have lost our liberties. You. No, no. Why not? I'm on a podcast. Why can't no. I use the language I want to use? Because the boss said no. Once we go there, we'll never come back. Right. That's why. Right. <laughs> because she, she, she runs it, not us. <laughs> Me and the owner? Yeah. Yeah. And she does have ownership going for her. She does. And our respect. (laughs) You can say that she is a... And and if we're going to tell her to go get... No, no, give me satellite radio. I haven't had satellite radio diatribe for quite some time. Yeah, we can use satellite radio. Why not? Just give me satellite radio so I can tell you what I think about this. Your system? Yeah. Holy crap. I've never seen the F word that many times. No, no. You put it in the middle of words. <laughs> right. That required a certain art. Yeah. And I happen to have it. Yes, you do. You're very good at it. Why some, is she such a Some dummy. people did something. Really? Yeah, I don't I really don't like that. I, I don't Kenny, honest question. This is your district. God yeah. help us. Yeah. Do you think she'll be reelected? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. I mean, she because she's obviously been exposed. But her district also includes uh, the Riverside Cedar. You know that. I whole, think right? her district includes a large Somalian community. Yeah, yeah. And for that reason, she probably well. Won't okay, be. and a large Jewish population, a very well, large Jewish that's population. An excellent point. That yes. maybe said at first, okay, we'll try her out. But she's gone against Israel so bad that I hope every synagogue and temple and every rabbi is saying. Let's try someone else, folks. Yeah. I don't care the, who the, it is. That party really needs to sit down and, and have a discussion. <laughs> yes. That party, well, you can make the argument that both parties are unrecognizable, but I would make, yeah. the, I would make the argument that the, that the Democratic Party is, is, is more unrecognizable. That just, uh, there's your Democratic Party, is her. Her yeah. and uh, the occasional cortex. Then and, that's great for it's not any, great. It's not great for this country. It's no, not great for anything. But I'm just saying that bodes well for any Republican candidate or any uh, DFLer that's got a solid head on their shoulders because so many in that district do that will say, listen, I'm not conservative, but I sure as hell am a middle-of-the-road DFLer. all these 20,000 people that are running for the Democratic nomination for president, Jeez. not one of them has yet to distinguish himself or herself with a garage logic approach to life. Not one. Mm -mm. They're all trying to outdo each other in terms of their Marxism and socialism. Not one of them. One of them could distinguish themselves by by, uh, speaking to the uh, the America that we know. The rest of us. Not one of them does Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. None of them. And I got news for the Democratic faithful out there. The more that this stuff surfaces, Trump's getting reelected. Well, they don't realize what what damage that th- this kind of thinking and this kind of exposure is going to have on their own on their own kind. We had to found care because some people did something. Really, what did they do? Well, they flew buildings, flew airplanes into buildings, killed three thousand, killed three thousand people, innocent people. And and what does her mind do? It jumps to the protection of her own skin. Yeah. How do both sides go back to the middle? They they don't. We're no, we're, we're already so far apart. We've got happen. no shot of going back to the center. Nope. Center's not holding. Not right now. Not with that kind of B as in B, S as in S. Why don't we return in a moment? Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com will give you a beautiful lawn all season long. Now, you might know I'm a hardcore do-it-yourselfer, but the day I threw the spreader away and handed the lawn care duties to ProfessionalTurf.com, it was the best thing I ever did for my lawn, and I've had the best lawn on the block ever since. That was years ago. I also had their landscape division update my layout. That forced my equity and gave the place amazing curb appeal. Lawn care, sprinkler system service, and landscaping. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. Hit the button, Joe. Joe. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. And this Joe Suchere. Of GL brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com as a seasoned announcer steps all over the voice. Jeez. We have a uh, we have some pushback from a Republican in Congress, Thomas Massey of Kentucky. A House oversight hearing on the subject of climate change turned into a heated sparring match between Republican Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky and former Secretary of State John Kerry on Tuesday. During a contentious moment in Massey's line of questioning uh, the former Obama cabinet secretary about the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Uh, During the exchange, Massey pointed out that atmospheric carbon dioxide levels are currently much lower than the average amount that has been present since mammals have existed on planet Earth. Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet, Kerry stammered before rebutting that atmospheric CO2 levels are the highest they've been in the past 800,000 years. Massey countered by wondering, <clears throat> excuse me, why those levels were higher before that particular mark. After some back and forth, Kerry tried to dismiss Massey's carbon questions by saying it was just not a serious conversation. <laughs> Your testimony is not serious, Massey fired back to applause from the hearing chamber. When you can't answer the question, that's the best answer you have. At one point, Massey also questioned Kerry's qualifications as an expert witness on climate science, no, uh, noting that he holds a political science degree rather than one in the hard sciences. So I think it is somewhat appropriate that someone with a pseudoscience degree is here pushing pseudoscience to this committee, Massey said of Kerry's credentials. Uh, Massey, uh, as an engineer by trade, 
uh, before running for Congress. He also possesses a bachelor's and master's degree from the universe, from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Massey is also probably one of the greenest members of Congress in how he lives his life. His entire Kentucky farm is solar-powered and operated with several other environmentally sustainable processes. There is not a climate denier in this room, Massey began his line of question. And here's, here's GL. The climate was different yesterday. It was different 10,000 years ago, and it's going to be different 10,000 years from now, whether there's a human on this planet or a domesticated animal. Uh, However, he added that he believes that there are some photosynthesis deniers and natural climate deniers who try to conflate man-made effects on the environment with climate change from natural causes. Would you like to hear our old pal John Kerry and uh, Representative Thomas Massey. With oh, pleasure. Well, yes, What's please. the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO2 in the atmosphere? About 406, 406 today. Okay, 406. Are you aware... 350 of the... being the level that scientists have said is dangerous. Okay, are you aware... 350 is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet, the average has been over 1,000 parts per million? Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's... Um, let me just share with you that we now know that definitively at no point during the least the past 800,000 years has atmospheric CO2 been as high as it is today. You, you go when back. I was in the South Pole, when I was, I wasn't at the South Pole, when I was in McBurdo, we couldn't get to the South Pole because of the weather, but I was given a vial of air which said on it, cleanest air in the world. It was 401.6 <laughs> parts per million. That is 50 parts per million already over what the, scientists the, say. The reason you chose 800,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than, the, than it is today. And I'm going to submit there, there, for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 well, billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts yeah. per million if we humans weren't here? Because <laughs> there were all kinds of geologic events happening oh. on Earth which spewed did up. Did geology all- stop? When we got on the planet? <laughs> Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Oh. Your, your testimony is not serious. I agree. When you, can't, when you can't answer the question, that's the best answer you got. I, I did I, answer. Oh, that was wonderful. You know, we had eight storms uh, last year, which cost America well more than eight, eight than a billion dollars per storm it's far cheaper to recognize what's coming and cure the problem ahead of time well there are still moments in congress wow. where we're getting glers are getting some pushback <laughs> carry was made to look foolish the guy said well uh what happened then? How did it get from two million parts to where it is? We weren't here. Well, well, well you, you know, nature, geology. Yeah, it's spewed. Did geology events. stop when people arrived? Did you hear him? He used spewed? Yeah. Uh, geological events spewing. and, and he's, No, well, this isn't serious. He reminds me of a guy, a liar that's being paid to say that, and he's just going to stick with his story because he's making good money. Deny, deny, deny. What's his motivation for being climate, so stupid? The climate has always changed. It was different yesterday. It'll be different 10,000 years We all know that, but what's Kerry's reason for being so damn dumb? That he's dumb. Money. No, there's something behind it. Wasn't he a motorcycle guy? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I don't know in what role uh, Kerry was even testifying. He's out of government right because now. Because he just got chewed up and spit out, mm. spat out, mm-hmm. spewed. And, and he's still sticking with his BS. So what's in it for him? I don't know. I don't know what's in it for him, but I was just, I wanted to play that because I was thrilled that we heard some, we heard some, some pushback. pushback. Oh, that guy was brilliant. We heard some pushback. Uh, he Say, cool. remember, if you go in any RF Moeller jeweler store and tell them that you're a fan of GL and you're a fan of Moeller advertising on the GL podcast, they're going to replace your watch battery at no charge. RF Moeller jeweler, 50th in France and Edina. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul. Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis and a great website at rfmoller.com. I didn't get, uh, we were going to play video of an Instagrammer. Oh, God. Who was sobbing uncontrollably because her Instagram account apparently is, was taken down or I don't know how that works. Mm. And, uh, and I didn't want to play it after I heard her. I just said I can't give her the time. But the whole point of her diatribe was she was apparently making money showing pictures of herself in bikinis and whatever. Explain how that works. Matthew. I don't know how you make money Ma- doing Matthew, that. Matthew, you know how this works, right? Uh, I, we're not, I'm not making any money off of it. But no, I mean, isn't it the same concept as YouTube? It's product placement. If, if you get yeah. so many hits, advertisers so, start coming to mm-hmm. you. Sophia uh, had a glasses, sunglasses company send her glasses because of her Instagram account. They wanted her to take a picture with her glasses on, and if she got so many followers, they were going to continue on and sending her so more items. For dumb guys like Joe and I, that's how that works, and that's also a motivation for YouTube. Uh, well, uh, Her whole point of her breakdown was that, A, she was a complete idiot, spoiled the whole thing, <laughs> and, B, she said, I can't work. I can't do a 9-to-5 job. That's just not who I am. No. So then we tried to play it, and we didn't want to play it. Uh, the hell with her. When you, but the hell with her. You guys listened to this before the show, and I was in the next room over and had no idea what was going on. I heard her voice, and the sound of her voice and the pleading and the crying made made me think that it was a real issue. Like, like she some, lost a relative. Like somebody took her kids away, oh, or the government stepped in and did something evil, and I'm like... <laughs> Oh, we never mind the f bombs. We got to play that. And then I found out it was uh, about an Instagram account. Well, I joked about Please. this yesterday, and I told this to Joe and you before the show. That was the exact reaction I encountered with a young woman about that same age because she didn't get into the Chainsmokers concert over the weekend. This yeah. is something Such has been talking about for years. We're we're, we're raising a bunch of ten ply softies. Well, you know these these are participation award kids that have grown up. I got it's worse. I have a sad note. No. Sad note from the failed academy. Extremely sad. Okay. During a recent event sponsored by Boston, and I, there was audio on this too, but you cannot hear the students' uh, responses. She wasn't loud enough, and it's the students' responses who I needed to capture. You can hear the moderator well enough on the audio, but you can't hear the student. During a recent event sponsored by Boston College's Pro-Life Club, that's kind of a ray of hope that a failed academy would even have a pro-life club. Right. right? During a recent event sponsored by Boston College's Pro-Life Club, a female student stood in front of a microphone and said a baby born alive during a botched abortion should not receive medical care and, in fact, isn't a baby at all. Video of the exchange shows Students for Life of America President Kristen Hawkins asking the student if she believes that babies dying in immigration centers at the U.S.-Mexico border should be given medical treatment. Yes, the student answered. 
With that, Hawkins asked a second question. Do you believe that a baby who's born alive during an abortion at Planned Parenthood should get care? No, the student replied. Hawkins attempted to get a fuller explanation from the student, asking her if the U.S. should pay for the health care of a baby who is dying in her mother's arms when the mom crosses the border. And again, the student said yes. I I would, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Once again, Hawkins presented the abortion scenario, asking the student if an abortion doctor should provide health care to a baby born alive during a botched abortion. And again, the student said no. Why, Hawkins said. Because they're performing an abortion, the student said. So they've already determined that it's not a baby. It's it's referred to as a fetus. Things grew more testy in the room at that point, and the student said such a botched abortion is rare, which Hawkins agreed with. And then she asked the question again. So do you think it's a baby? No, the student replied. Then I was offered the audio and listened to it, but the the student... uh, a completely, completely brainwashed, uh, immoral uh, student uh, is inaudible. So let me see if I got this straight. Check this. Out. Okay. In this misguided young lady's mind, a baby that survives an abortion is not a real human because it was an abortion. So there must have been a predetermination. That this wasn't going to be a child. I think, but I... How can you... You, you can't you, make yourself get there. No, I, oh, no, I'm going to have to look this up, but I think the medical, actually, the definition of a child in the womb is a fetus, is it not? Yeah. Until it is born. Is it then not? There it is, think, right there on the table. So I think that's what they're basing this on. Oh, well, no, they're, we're basing it on the fact that, the, that we're, we're dealing with not only stupidity, but immorality... Mixed in with the stupidity. There is a... Um, the, if the baby's born, and I, I got to think, that what, that doesn't happen a lot. In a botched abortion, I doubt I if we're producing a lot of human beings for the right, world. Right. Right? But in the event it did happen, it's a baby. It's a live human it's, being. Go, it's right there. Go with it's it. right there. You got to go with it. You know, it's going to cry and the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. And we all admit that, you know, we, we're all parents. Once you have a child, it completely changes you. So you well, I might only have, have kids I used to have. Well, right. but you, 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 so you may have had an opinion before you had kids, then you do it now as a parent. Case in point, Joe, with exactly what you just said, there is a, uh, uh, I, I read a, a blog about uh, two weeks ago in which a personality, a media personality, was going to become a mother for the first time. Mm-hmm. Local media personality? That will remain nameless. Right. Do we know who it is? Yes. Okay, whatever. And the, the, the basically the gist of it was, in reading between the lines, she almost felt inconvenienced about becoming pregnant. Hmm. And I thought, A, why would you put that out to the public? Right. And B, what in the hell is wrong with you? That I'm being put upon now because I'm being expected to care for it. Just it. It was so fitting exactly what you're saying and how we have we have lost sight of the value of life to a certain. Well, what the extent. hell did she get pregnant for? Well, then? that's my exactly my point. You think it's going to harm her rising career? Probably. <laughs> it's it's almost looked upon as an inconvenience to her, and I just thought, wow, that really shows yourself. Well, they can give you a lot of grief, but it's worth it. Absolutely. (laughs) Being a dad is awesome. They can give you a lot of grief. They can give you a lot of grief. Inconvenient kids aren't so bad. They grow up to be traffic reporters. That's right. (laughs) That's not so bad. Plus, just think all the grief you get get to give them. Right. Right. What goes around comes around. Mm -hmm. The whole point of being a parent is to give them grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, That and keep them alive. 
Say, don't forget, Dennis Kirk, you're in a hurry. You order by 8 o'clock today. You're going to get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today and get it tomorrow. Kenny just came across this. Uh, Kenny just came across this from the Krabby Coffee Shop. It's right up his alley for these. Uh, what these rural folk are up to up there? It's tow tuck driver in Columbia well, Falls. We gotta hear this. Hey, Bill, here's Kenny with news from the Krabby Coffee Shop. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been to going up to the Sun Road? It's I have a, not. It's on the north side of Glacier Park. No. Northern. You're looking at rookie when you say that. No, northern. <laughs> uh, northern Montana. It's re- you should have been there on your motorcycle. Should have. It's a hell of a drive. But I got this email from a guy, Joe. I was amused by this his is story. Scott Mature, our chef. Yeah, uh, about the recycling uh, truck getting stuck in a large hole. It reminded me of a guy I know, a tow truck diver in Columbia Falls, Montana. That's right near Glacier, told me a story of a gentleman who disregarded all signs and verbal warnings and decided he was going to take a huge pusher diesel motorhome up to, uh, to the going to the Sun Road. I mean, she's a goat trail. Okay. When you meet another vehicle and, and both of those vehicles are tiny, you're scared. Game of chicken? <laughs> she's tight. Well, he got stuck in a tight curve, got himself increasingly wedged as he tried to get himself free. This blocked oh. all traffic, of course, in both directions. Uh, in order to free the motorhome, they needed two trucks, one of which being the large trucks capable of lifting semi-trucks and motorhomes. They realized they needed a second truck, so there was one on each end of the motorhome. So they had to come from opposite directions well, it's here. It's like the, the rail thing, the golden uh, Are road. they on a sheer edge, by the way? That's what I'm seeing. At that point, Kenny? Uh, Is there a drop-off? I'm not seeing that. Uh, but this way, they it, once they could they lifted up both ends of the rig, their motorhome, so they could jockey it back and forth. They couldn't get around the motorhome. They needed to drive around to the front with a second truck. This uh, took the tow truck driver 70 miles out of the way because he, oh. he had to go down to the south loop around Glacier oh and back God. up. <laughs> what was that, Bill? Well, that's we're coming to oh. that. Uh, and each time the unhook, they unhooked and rehooked up, they charged him all 11 times. Good. We don't oh, know how much good. he was charged. But good. this reminds me of all the idiots you see every year out in Glacier and Yellowstone and all of those places out there. And you've certainly met motorhomes oh, on yeah. tight mountain yeah. passes. Scary as hell. <laughs> it's scary. And those guys are driving and pointing. Yeah. They're not even they're looking right. at their road. Or they're in the back making a meal and nobody's <laughs> yes. driving. Yes. Meanwhile, I've got both hands on the wheel and my eyeballs oh, hurt Lord. from staring at the road. Don't look away. The family's like, away. Dad, look at that. He's like, I'm not looking away. I'm looking at the road. Shut up. <laughs> this, well, this is a great reminder of why you need great insurance, and that's yeah. why Federated Mutual Insurance, Owatonna, Minnesota's own Federated Mutual Insurance, tailors the programs you need. They offer property and casualty, life, disability. Uh, their marketing representatives, this is a key, 
they not only love the company, they're the best in the business. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the business owner, and how your operation works to customize the coverage you need. Driving, we're just talking about driving. They'll talk to you about auto liability. Cyber attacks, you might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing Representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Now, closer to home with a harrowing driving story? Yo. I got an email from Nate who writes, where have we failed? It's a dumb question, I know. As a student of GL for 20 years, I know the answer is the academy is failing. That seems like such a common sense item, yet we see it every day. People texting, watching movies, in this case, FaceTiming, all while driving. Wow. Is this like the people getting killed at the Grand Canyon because they don't think before taking a selfie and falling over the edge? I was at the store the other day, and a young adult walked right into me because they were texting and walking. My question is this. Is this a case of the schools not educating the young people or are parents failing? I know my kids have been taught by my wife and I that electronic devices and driving don't mix, uh, and that's because that's no different than alcohol. And it isn't just kids. To be fair, I see older adults doing it, too. We are doomed, and he linked me to this. The Minnesota State Patrol describes the actions of, describes the actions of a driver as selfish and dangerous in the aftermath of a traffic stop on Highway 169 near St. Peter. The patrol says a trooper stopped an 18-year-old woman after she sped past the squad car doing 96 miles an hour. Wow. When the trooper approached her vehicle, officials say she was still video chatting on FaceTime with a friend. The state patrol says the teen said she didn't believe her behavior was a big deal and began to laugh when the trooper explained the dangers of distracted driving and speeding. The woman was ticketed for careless driving. The woman laughed. Well, she's got to be incredibly wealthy or have very wealthy and stupid parents because as a a parent of kids that drive, you know what happens. Your insurance skyrockets. I mean, it makes it unaffordable. She's just a complete idiot. But we were talking about this yesterday. with the the decline of moral and ethical integrity. Exactly. We were talking about this yesterday with the hands-free bill. Remember we said everybody just doesn't think it's a big deal. And here's a prime example of it right there. She didn't think it was a big deal. She was laughing about it. Oh, I mean, okay. Isn't there a stiffer sentence you could have got her? Isn't sure, there a stiffer she just, arrest? She just got careless driving, not yeah. not speeding, so, not everything I don't else. Know, just I've been thinking driving. a lot in the last 24 hours about something you said yesterday when we were talking about this. You're fearing a police state. Um, I didn't say that. No, yeah, yeah, actually no, you did. You no, of, I, my question was, how do you possibly enforce this? That's because, a far cry from a police state. You, I think you used the term Orwellian. Well, it sounded Orwellian. You came up with the, the unmarked bus that was uh, with tinted windows and it was full of guys keeping track. What know? choice do we I, have? I, d- I didn't disagree with you yesterday. So my question to you is, when they encounter a drunk driver, they take him off the road. Mm-hmm. Right, right then yeah. and there. This lady, I propose, should have been taken off the road right then and there. I driver's agree with they, should, they should have the power to take her driver's license away, take her keys away, and say, you know, you like your phone so much, call for a ride. I guess what you're I've not always, driving for six months. Yeah. I guess what I've always proposed is maybe what's Orwellian, and that is, you can't tell me, you can't check this out. Yeah. 
You can't tell me they couldn't come up with the technology that just your phone doesn't work in a car. Oh, period. absolutely. It does exist. It doesn't work. Yeah, it does no, exist. It, it, they won't enforce it because the, the argument would be, and I don't disagree with you. I wish they would do it. Emergencies. That or is a slippery Emergencies slope, and, oh, I'm just a passenger. Mm-hmm. Why can't I use my phone mm-hmm. in the car? I'm a passenger. I'm not a driver. Yeah. Hmm. But I'm with you. They should just disable the phone when it's or in how the car. About, how about technology limited to the parent? Uh, and Susie, who's going to drive through St. Peter on her way down to Mankato, uh, her mom gets to disable her phone, and then uh, until in, in, what the age twenty one? No, in an hour she'll call. Well, you, that's, you, no, no, you 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 pin, you pin. I'm going to uh, Mankato State, Minnesota State, and uh, on that it's marked on the map. And when she gets there, none of this is going to work. The phone, the, none uh, of this will work. Yeah, because then she can get it. back in the car because it's behavioral. It's all yeah, behavioral. It's all. No, they need they need instant consequences. She should not be driving, and it should cost her and her. What's it cost to get uh, work your way through a DWI? What do they say? Ten grand. Yeah. A lot of money. That's yeah. what it should cost you. This woman should not be on the road at least for a year. And but, the problem is, it's it's an addiction to technology, right? And these kids are getting addicted at earlier and earlier ages. See, I want to punish her for laughing. Or, or yeah. how about staying on the FaceTime well, that's part of as it. the officer's approaching the car? Wouldn't you be, you're grabbing your insurance, you're grabbing your registration, you're yes or no, sir. I'm one of those guys that all windows are going down. Uh, my wallet, my insurance card will already be on the dash by the time he approaches. My hands are up here at 12 o'clock, and I'm trying to make the guy comfortable. This dumb little person. Yeah. Is continuing her stupid FaceTime conversation mm-hmm. and then starts mocking the officer. Mm-hmm. That officer should haul her away. And I don't care if it's Orwellian or police state or what it well, is. I think she should have been put in the stocks. <laughs> in the public square. <laughs> in the public square in St. Peter. <laughs> right. And left there overnight. Yesterday, the uh, that horrible crash uh, where the guy was looking at his, the, yeah. the Lake Elmo one was, right. was on the news. And uh, Sophia was in the room. And I said, look at that dude looked down on his phone eight for eight seconds. Yeah. And she saw the car, and I said, it's not worth it. Just put your... I mean, that's a great teachable moment. That, I don't, the guy that lost his life there was dead before the crash was done. Right. He was done, he was before, done on impact. Before yep. that semi came to a, a stop. And by the way, uh, uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey, did you see the email from him, Joe? He yes. Did, he did the math. He thinks it was... Uh, Five seconds or something. No, 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 no. He said on that math, eight eight seconds at sixty three miles an hour was seven hundred and eighty feet. I believe. Well, that's how far he traveled. Which is how many football fields? Two Put it in yards. over two. Yeah. yeah, over two. Yeah. Well, right. that's a happy note. All right, well, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll, that'll wrap it up. Huh? Just had to do that we'll extra wrap it up. segment. Huh? So, yeah, I guess oh, I get... You know what it is tomorrow. Mr. Mayor, it's my favorite day of the week. Thursday. Positive. Oh, that's right. Positive Thursday. Thursday. I hope we can get here in the blizzard. Tomorrow we have one really good positive. That audio that we looked at today. Which one? uh, From the testimony. Candace Owens. Oh, boy. Yeah. We should play that tomorrow. That's very positive. All right. And then remember, you have a task. You have to try to throw me off my positivity game. You have to come up, preferably with audio. I already have a couple of I'm propping you up. I'm going to start looking for good news right now. Are you coming in tomorrow? Yeah, I'll come in. Oh, what the hell? we got to get here in the snow, boys. This is the calm before the storm. got to get here in the snow. Check it out. GarageLogic.com is our flagship 
website. Check it out. We got great podcasts and much more to come tomorrow. Garage Logic podcast version. We'll see you next time.